my goal is going to be to give you guys some numbers. How many of you in here are business owners and owner operators? Just by a show of hands. About two thirds of the room. How about company drivers? How many company drivers in here? A couple company drivers. The rest of you are in here because you're just sick and tired of standing on your feet and you need a nice place to sit down. So, excellent, honest man back there. Uh, so, um, I'm going to go through some numbers for those of you that are owner operators and those of you that want to become owner operators and just try and help you understand a little bit about your business and hopefully how you can compare yourselves to others in the industry and maybe give you some tips on how to make more money. And, you know, I really enjoyed Richard's presentation when I saw it because he, what he set up for me is that we have a driver turnover problem, not a driver shortage problem. And the reason we do is because you guys don't make enough money. And so you're always looking for the next best opportunity. And when you see that ad that says, I'll pay you another three cents a mile, or you can make another $400 a week here, you're enticed by that because you don't make enough money. And I'm of a firm belief because I've been working with owner operators for over 20 years that when you become an owner operator, you take that decision out of everybody else's hands and you put it in your own hands. What you can do when you become an owner operator is manage your business and maximize your net income so that you're not at the beck and call of an industry that doesn't pay you enough money. And our average owner operator made over $60,000 last year that we worked with. And so our goal is to help you guys figure out how you can do that and um, be more successful than what the government numbers say up there $40,000. So with that, I'm going to get started and uh, I'm going to talk about five, what I say, big things have happened in the last year for independent contractors. And just at a high level, um, one is that, as Richard showed on one of those slides, miles have been decreasing for the last 13 years, which is really interesting. I'm going to talk about that. But they've reversed their trend this year um, in the last 12 months, which is kind of interesting. Spot market rates, uh, my good friend I saw on the stage from Brett Hunto, uh, you know, they're a place that keeps track of market rates better than anybody else in the world. And when you pay attention to the rates, they've come down drastically, which means we're in a soft rate environment. I'm going to talk about that and what that means to you. Uh, thank God fuel costs have come down because with the market kind of soft, if fuel hadn't come down, uh, some of us may not be sitting here as owner-operators. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what that means to you. Uh, I know the folks from Ryder are here and sponsors of the Partners in Business. And truck prices have come up a lot in the last few years for a lot of reasons. I'm going to talk about that and what that means to you in your business. And lastly, uh, you guys are, are a rare breed and you're a shrinking breed at the moment because things are difficult for the owner-operators in today's world. And so some of them are going out of business. And, and my guess is because you're sitting here, you're not going to be one of those that are going out of business because you're here to learn about your business. So I'm going to start off with, uh, I don't want to call it an ad, but uh, for my good friend that was up here on the stage, Brad Hutto from Internet Truck Stop, they publish some of the best information I think there is uh, in the world today for truckers. They put out a weekly magazine called uh, the ITS Trans Forecast Letter. You can subscribe to it if you're part of the Internet Truck Stop. Um, they put out a weekly index that to me has become probably the most economic, most important economic indicator for truckers that I can think of. And I pay attention to it every single Monday. And let me just tell you why I think it's important. When you kind of look at the trend line up here, this goes all the way back to the recession years. And I'm going to put a line up here. In my mind, I've come to think over the last five or six years that 12, I consider 12 a break even. And let me just help you understand what 12 means. Um, how many of you use load boards to book your freight? Something like the Internet Truck Stop or DAT? A handful of you out here. So uh, every time that you go out and look for load on the Internet Truck Stop, uh, you're a person that factors into this ratio. You're on the bottom part of this ratio. Whenever a shipper puts a load out on the Internet Truck Stop, 
that counts on the top part. So every truck that looks for a load on internet truck stop goes on the bottom part. Every shipper that posts a load goes on the top part. What a ratio of 12 means is there's 12 loads posted to the internet truck stop for every one truck looking for a load. When I say that's a break even, the reason I do that is because you can see at 12 during the recession, uh, that ratio was predominantly below there. That mean we were, means we were in a really weak freight environment. As we climbed into 2014, how many of you say 2014 was a really good year in trucking and you made some money and enjoyed yourselves? We all wish that every year was like 2014. So look at 2014 over here and see how great 2014 was. And then you can see the back half of last year, we fell below that line. So for me, over a period of six or seven years, this number has stood the test of time. You know, and I watch the news like everybody else and I listen to it and I can hear about, you know, inflation and interest rates and housing starts and vehicles manufactured and, and we've gotten to a point in my mind that none of that stuff means anything anymore because there's too much of it and you hear one guy that pays attention to those numbers and says we're doing great and you hear another guy that talks about those numbers and says we're doing awful. This number tells me every single day in trucking how we're doing and right now we're doing okay. We're not doing great but we're not doing awful. Um, I'll tell you why that is because this number as of Monday a few days ago was 11.6 so when we look at that it actually has fallen right below that break-even line so what that tells me is we're in a pretty cruddy freight environment it's not horrible it's not like recession years but it's not like 2014 things are just average so again I'm not here to advertise for in a truck stop but it's worth spending the money I don't know how much it is hundred hundred fifty dollars a year you can get these numbers every single week to understand how how the market's doing and you can also look by region they'll tell you how you're doing in the southeast and the northeast and the northwest so we look at those numbers and i took their data and i kind of broke it out rather than that long linear line i wanted to look at it every single year and see if there are seasonal trends and so if you look at this you can kind of see things pick up this is about a seven year average right here of the internet truck stop data if you look at the first half of the year things get pretty good in the first and the second quarter and you guys probably feel that you know, we want to haul freight for sure in uh, February, March, April, May when things kind of pick up in June and then things slow down a bit in July and into the third and fourth quarter. So um, if you look at this year's average, you can see we fell below for sure that average and then we popped above it a little bit and then we're turning back down. So again, what I'm here to tell you is if you're feeling a little bit pain and you kind of feel like things are slow and you're kind of you know, thinking, man, I need to find something else to do. I need to haul a different segment of the industry or I need to lease onto another fleet. It's not what you're doing, it's the industry. So the worst thing you can do is make a dumb decision to switch what you're doing because that's gonna cost you a lot of money, like Richard said. Change costs money when you're an independent contractor, even if you're a company driver. So just try and make money in, in the place that you're in because it's gonna get better and I'm gonna tell you when and why it's gonna get better. Um, I wanna look at this at just a couple different angles because different folks drive in different segments of the industry. So the thing we looked at with the internet truck stop was a broad average for all trucking. Uh, this is a different view. This is kind of the Wall Street view. A company called Morgan Stanley who analyzes truck stocks puts this data together and they do it by different segments. So the, the way, the reason I like that is because they will publish it by dry reefer and flatbed. So we're going to look at each one of those segments for a minute. So their average right here is the black line. That's about an eight-year average of, you know, the same thing, the market demand. How many trucks available for how many loads there are available. And you can see that we're falling way below. This is this year. We're falling way below that black line. So in the drive man industry, it's weak. Freight is, freight is light. When you look at the reefer industry, we see the exact same thing. Freight is light. We've got a pretty big gap. And we look at the flatbed. No big surprise, but we're looking at the same thing. So 
I kind of wanted to start off with that just to paint a picture for you that many of you probably feel the frustration of slow freight. You feel like the world's against you. You feel like rates are down. And I just want to tell you, you're not alone. It's just a, a slow market right now. And we go through that in trucking. We went through it in 2008, 2009, into 2010, and then things got really good. We went through it in the early 2000s, and then 2004, 5, and 6 were great. So we're kind of in that period right now. I think we're going to come out of it quicker than we have in previous years, and I'm going to tell you why as we kind of go through this a little bit more. So I'm going to start talking about ATBS's specific data now. Those are all kind of outside data points. At ATBS, for those of you that don't know us, we do business management for independent contractors. So we do tens of thousands of profit and loss statements every single month for independent contractors, and we also do tax returns. We realized many years ago that we've got a ton of data on drivers and their businesses. And so what we did was kind of formalize that data and put it into a methodology that we could kind of look at and track trends for how guys are doing. And probably the most important thing for you guys here today is to look at the numbers and figure out how you compare to those numbers and if you're doing better or worse. If you're doing better, you're doing a good job. Do more of it. If you're doing worse, figure out how to do better than the average so you can be successful in your business. We break our data out by different segments. Independents are guys that drive for themselves in their own truck or a really small fleet. The dry reefer and flatbed that we break out are typically leased to a company and drive in those segments of the industry. They're independent contractors, but they're leased onto a company. So something that um, I, I hinted at early on was that miles went up. And so it's really counterintuitive if you, if you think about it. The freight is not out there. It's a difficult time right now. And you would think that miles would be down for independent contractors because of that. What I know, because we work with thousands of independent contractors, is you guys are smart and you're good. And so when things get difficult, you're the ones that get aggressive. All those company drivers get out there and make excuses and kind of sit around and say, I don't want that load, I'm not going to go there. But owner-operators know that they need to run miles to make money, and so they get aggressive. So I've seen this now through two recessions, and it's really interesting to me that miles actually go up for owner-operators when things get tough. I think that's a cool trend and it's a testament to how smart and how hard you guys work. Uh, Richard put this slide up earlier, but I want to go a little bit more in depth because I think it's really important to understand kind of what's going on in freight in general and with your individual businesses. So what's really amazing to me is back when we started in business in the early 2000s, the average owner operator was running 139,000 miles a year. And I stand here today and I think about that and I look at many of you that are old enough to have run back then and it's really kind of mind-blowing and you hear the old joke about three logbooks but honestly we all know today that I couldn't run 139,000 miles if I didn't have three logbooks so we know what was going on back then and it's really crazy to think about those were dangerous hard days I mean and and it's not anybody's fault it's what we were forced to do as an industry and without spending a whole bunch of time but going back through history our industry was deregulated in 1980 before that rates were set and people made money and it was just the way it worked once we were deregulated in 1980 anybody that could buy a truck could have authority and run around the country and so thousands and thousands of people did that and it plummeted the freight rates in our industry the only way to make more money was to run more miles so what happened over the next 25 years was you guys ran your asses off. You got in your truck and you put the pedal to the metal and you drove miles. 139,000 miles a year. That's incredible to me to think about. But it's also dangerous. It was unsafe. And the government realized that. And what the government did for the first time in about 80 years was they changed the hours of service in 2004. So that really peaked us out kind of for the first time in 25 years. We started miles on a downhill trend. And you can just kind of see where that started. And I want to talk through a few other things that have kind of changed freight cycles. Back in those days, 
the average driver was running 12 to 1500 miles for every load. They just get in the truck and they book it for two and a half days to wherever they needed to go and then they deliver. Today you're running an average of 450 to 600 uh, miles length of haul. The reason is for a lot of different things, but a big piece is distribution has changed in America and there's been a lot of warehouses built and there's been a lot of different things done. And so you have these shorter lengths of haul that now you know you do in a day rather than two and a half days. Um, another thing that happened in my opinion is we had this booming economy after the dot-com recession we had this booming economy in the mid 2000s and for the first time since deregulation in 1980 we got some rate increases in trucking which was awesome and it got passed down to you guys as drivers and independent contractors what that meant is you started making a little bit more money for really the first time in 25 years and what we found with a lot of our clients was yeah, we love making more money, but we've got this lifestyle built around making $45,000 a year. And what I really want is a Saturday off to watch my kid play baseball or football, or I want a day off with my wife, or I want a day off to clean my truck rather than running five weeks at a time and being away from home and not even knowing who my family is. So we started seeing people taking some time off. That's a great trend really in trucking. So a lot of this stuff I think has changed the job, which is, which is a good thing that's in all of our favor. And then all of a sudden we hit this nasty thing called a recession in 2008 and things got really bad. And that's why I know what's going on today when you're running more miles, it's because freight's tough. Owner operators are smart and they get out there and work harder. So we saw that trend reverse and you guys ran a little bit more miles during the recession because you needed to to make the money that you were used to. So I'm gonna get into something that I think is really important and I'm gonna talk about EOBRs and ELDs. How many of you in here have put an ELD on your truck? A couple of you, three, four, out of two-thirds of a room that is owner-operators, and I would not expect a different answer. If this was a fleet of owner-operators that leased onto fleets, every room in the every hand in the room would go up because fleets have implemented EOBRs two, three, four years ago. They saw this coming and they knew that they had to do it, so they put it in their fleets. What that meant to those fleets, and we work with a lot of them because we work with some lease purchase programs, what that meant at that fleet when they put on EOBRs is they lost their ability to run 10 to 15% of the miles that they ran. Their drivers simply couldn't run the miles they were used to running. And all of a sudden those fleets woke up a year later and said, oh my God, this is awful. We're losing money and this is gonna put us out of business if something doesn't change. What they did, everybody's heard of big data. Uh, sometimes I don't know what that means, but what they did was take all this data, all this EOBR information, all the stuff that's telling them how loads are getting delayed and all this information on how many hours drivers have left, and they used all that data to get more efficient. And so today those big fleets have actually, they bill the shippers or they stop hauling for the shippers that waste their time. They relay loads in the middle of the country. They tell a driver who says, I don't have any more hours to drive. No, actually we can see you got four more hours to drive, so you gotta move this load. They've used all that data to actually get more efficient. So they lost their 10%, but they've actually regained that efficiency over a period of three or four years. And so you can kind of um, see that that has helped them uh, in, in some ways at a certain point, but you can also see that that affected the miles that were run. I also think that high fuel costs uh, kept miles down because you guys started driving 60 miles an hour when fuel costs four bucks a gallon, because you know it costs a ton of money if I run 70, so you slowed down. Um, so we finally have gotten to the point when we get to kind of 2015 where miles have leveled off a little bit and a lot of that is that EOBR efficiency that I talked about. You can kind of see this big tail off over here and, and that's one of the big secrets that I'm going to let you in on. ELDs are going to suck. You got to put them on your truck and it's not going to be fun and it's going to limit your ability to drive. So each one of you are going to have to make individual decisions about how you're going to go about that and what it means to you. But as an industry, 
at the end of the day, what it means is there's going to be a shortage of trucks to run miles. And that means rates are going to go up a lot. And so ultimately, it's going to be really good for you, but you got to figure out how to get from here to there. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. So um, I'm going to talk about some specific numbers for a few minutes just so you can kind of get your arms around them and understand them as they relate to your business. Uh, the average owner-operator that worked for us last year, or we did numbers for last year, had an average revenue per mile of $1.30. You see that's down almost 10%. And if you didn't know our industry, you'd think, that's awful. These poor guys took a big pay cut. The biggest reason for that was that fuel came down. This is the DOE national average fuel price here. And when fuel comes down, we all know fuel surcharges come down, and so my revenue comes down. That's the biggest reason it went down. You can see the segments that you operate in over here, and so you can use those numbers to kind of compare how you're doing. And remember, this is an average of drivers leased to motor carriers, but also up here, guys that are driving independent under their own authority. One thing I want to talk about real briefly is kind of spot market rates versus being leased to a motor carrier, because there's a big difference there, and we pay a lot of attention to this. So if I'm leased to a motor carrier, I get a lot of benefits. I can use their trailer, they insure the cargo, um, a lot of different things going through that motor carrier. If I'm going to go out and do it on my own, which I think a lot of the guys in this room do, it costs me a significant amount of money. And if I go through and add up those dollars, I think that's about $45,000 or about 42 cents a mile. And so what we pay attention to is another break-even line. I feel like that 42 cents a mile is a break-even line. When it's when the spot market rate is below that, the differential, so if I'm making a buck 80 a mile as an independent out there running load boards and I'm making a buck 40 running for a fleet, that differential is 40 cents a mile. If you look back in the you know really good deep days of 2014, you can see the differential was almost a dollar a mile. If I'm running you know, for the load boards, I'm making 250 a mile as opposed to making a buck 40 or a buck 50 running for a fleet. And that's why a lot of guys went independent back in those days. If you look at where we're at today with spot market freights, you can see that we're falling below that 40 cent break even. And so a lot of guys flock back to those fleets during this time because they've got the long-term freight contracts with the big shippers and there's not as much well-paying freight out there in the spot market. Uh, gross revenue for the average owner-operator was $143,000 last year. Again, you can see the numbers over here and kind of benchmark your business and see how you did. And I, and I should explain briefly, and I'm happy to send you this PowerPoint. If you want to get the numbers yourself, you can come up and uh, give me your name and uh, email address after. But I should explain that the gold bars are 2016 numbers. So this is June of 2016. The blue numbers are June of 2016 and the one behind it is a year ago. So we're looking at year over year monthly numbers to kind of benchmark your business. And then this is the whole year to date for the numbers over here. Um, fuel costs per mile were down significantly because fuel came down. So fuel costs were third, down 30% to 36 cents a mile, which is a great thing. Um, an important number for me when we have moving fuel prices to understand how the fuel surcharge is doing compared to what my fuel costs is kind of this net number. So we see that revenue per mile was down 13 cents, but fuel costs were down 16 cents. That's a great thing. There's a net of a three cent differential there, where you can see the two dollars over here. The fuel surcharge is not coming down as fast as fuel costs, so that's been a, a benefit to owner-operators in their business in the last year. I'm gonna talk about truck payments real quick, and I know a lot of folks in here, whether you drive a new or used trucks, truck prices have gone up a ton over the last 10 years, and the reason is really, mainly EPA mandates and having to do things to these trucks and their engines to get more EPA efficient by the requirements. 
And if you see over here, truck prices have gone up a lot in the last three years. And this is the mix of all of our clients. So there's new trucks and used trucks in there. But I look at this and I start thinking about an owner operator who's buying a truck. And when they're going from making an average of $1,700 or $1,800 a month in monthly truck payments back here up to $2,200 to $2,300, you know, that's an extra three, four, $500 a month where you're talking about four or $5,000 a year. How can you absorb that? But it's it's been simply the fact of truck prices increasing because of EPA mandates. Back here, the average new truck cost about $70,000. If I'm a fleet and I got some buying power over here, that's trucks costing $125,000. So trucks are up almost you know, 100% in price. There's only one way to pay for that, and that's to offset it with operating costs. So I'm gonna give you some good news because I think a lot of you probably sit around here and you're driving an older truck that might have 750,000 or a million miles, and you're thinking, how in the world am I ever gonna get out of this truck because it's killing me, because the maintenance is going up and it's costing me money, but I can't afford one of those used trucks for $70,000. So let me give you a little bit of good news as we kind of talk about these numbers. Um, when we look at maintenance, the good news is, I, I, I hesitate to say this for a lot of reasons, but I can tell you that the trucks that were made between 2010 and 2014, they're crappy trucks. And I say that just because it's a fact. Um, they had to meet EPA requirements, they didn't do a lot of great things, and so they actually in some cases reduced their fuel economy and their maintenance costs went through the roof. So those are tough trucks, but when we get into trucks post-2014, uh, we can actually see that some of our contractors have done that. We start to see maintenance costs falling. So we kind of peaked out at around 10 to 11 cents a mile that we thought guys need to put aside for maintenance when they're running a, about a 500,000 mile used truck. We're seeing that drop now down to the area of eight, nine cents a mile. So that's a couple cent drop. One thing I'm really hesitant about that we need to learn a little bit more about as we go along is when you look back here, you could have said the same thing. You could have said maintenance costs were dropping for owner operators, but there's only one reason those costs dropped in 2008, and it's because we were in a really bad recession and people could not afford to maintain their trucks. So they simply extended oil changes and deferred maintenance, and you can see that that caught up with guys a couple years later and their maintenance went crazy. I honestly don't think that this dip is due to the same thing because we're not in a horrible recession at the moment like we were back then. I truly think it's these newer trucks are costing lower in maintenance, and that's a good thing. Another really good piece of, of great news for you guys is fuel economy. And when you're an owner operator, a huge piece of your business is simply managing fuel costs. You spend a ton of money on it. It's probably your biggest cost. And depending on how you manage it is the success of your business. The good news is, is when, when we look at trends over time, we start looking at every single category up here. Um, we're getting better miles per gallon in newer trucks. And so just the simple fact that the average truck that we work with over the last year has gone up by two tenths of a mile per gallon in fuel economy, that equates to about $2,000. So you take the maintenance and you take the fuel of these newer trucks and you can offset that extra four or $5,000 a year that you gotta pay for that newer used truck. So, you know, it's not an easy decision ever and I'm here to tell you, we'd love to help you through it. If you wanna run a budget and figure out what a higher truck payment does to you and what you gotta do from a fuel perspective and maintenance perspective, um, but our data is factual. It's taken from tens of thousands of owner operators. So it proves out the fact that you can make that upgrade if you make the right decisions and you buy the right truck. Um, I'm gonna talk about what's most important and that's net income. And I can tell you when we put this data together a couple of years ago, I mean a couple of weeks ago uh, for this presentation, this was the most surprising slide to me because I knew we were in a slow freight environment. And I knew you guys were running more miles because you had to, but what usually happens is your net income starts going down. When I looked at the green number up here and actually found out that as of June, looking back year over year, net income was up, 
what it told me is that, man, you guys are getting smart and you're doing what you got to do and you're managing your business and things are tough. They're not great, but you're working hard and you're actually making a little bit more money. Your net income's not falling. So I was really, really happy to see that um, that's at least the trend so far. So I want to kind of talk about something Richard talked about in one of the slides he talked about. How hard do I have to work for how much money I have to make? And for the sake of time, I'm going to um, get to this slide and put up the numbers. And so the way I look at it is if I had to work 100 hours a week and I made $10 an hour, I probably wouldn't enjoy that job and I probably wouldn't do it very, very long. If I had to work 20 hours a week and I made $100,000, that'd be an all right job. I'd probably do that. And so I look at your job much similar. As I talked about 13 years ago, you had to work 139,000 miles to make $47,000 on average. That was really hard work for an okay amount of money, but not great money. Things got good through the mid-2000s and it got much better. I'm working less, I'm driving less miles, and my net income went up by 10%. I'm making $52,000 a year. And then we hit this nasty recession and I gotta work a little bit harder and my net income goes down. But we get over to where we're at today and the numbers are the best they've ever been. I'm driving 110,000 miles and I'm making 60 grand a year. 